Good morning to you, my forever family. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. I am so grateful to be standing here today. We've been sharing a series for the last several weeks, and it's going to continue for the next few weeks on being fully committed to God. And it's my pleasure to share with you the hope that we have in Jesus. Because it takes hope to be fully committed to anything. More so, it takes hope to be fully committed to God, fully committed to Jesus. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you. Thank you for the privilege that we have to stand before you and that you would open up your word to us. God, we oftentimes say that we read your word, but it's your word, God, that reads us. It's you, God, that knows everything about us. And God, I just want to stand and I want to read your word and I want to do what your Holy Spirit leads me to do. I don't know what your people need, but you know what they need. God, you know where they need encouragement, where they need strength. You know where they're weak. So help them and help us to be strong. You speak to them now, God, for you have declared it's not by might, nor is it by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So speak to your people by your spirit now. In the name of Jesus, if there are any there to hear that, or even online, God, that are not saved, we're praying salvation over them now. Build us up now in our precious faith. We love you and we thank you and adore you in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you give God another praise? Hallelujah. <laughs> Wonderful worship, Eric and Julie and Mary Wynn. What's the banjo player's name? Aiden, and, and of course the bass player, I mean the bass player, man, you know, bass players are the, the best, you know, Max, hallelujah. Thank God for you all and for the worship. Won't y'all show them some love, please? <laughs> the word hope is commonly used to mean to wish something. It's often used as a person's desire. But the word hope in the Bible it means the confident expectation of what God has promised. The confident expectation of what God has promised. And this hope is secured because of the faithfulness of God. So it's not I wish so and it's, it's not my, my desire, but it's God saying to you that this hope is real because of his faithfulness. That's a promise. That's a promise. So, so, so. Let me tell you some, a, a Greek word for hope. A Greek word is elpis. Say that, elpis, elpis. It means three things. It means to anticipate with pleasure, to have a confident expectation, and it also points to faith. It also points to faith. In Romans chapter 8, verses 23 to, through 25, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Not hope, now hope, that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. The scripture is pointing to one day we're going to put off these old mortal bodies and we're going to get on immortal bodies and we're going to get on the, have the glorified bodies that Jesus has promised us. One day, we're going to be like Christ. Is that good news? One day, we're going to be like Christ. First Colossians chapter 1, 26 and 27, it says this, 
the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I love that song, yet not I, but the Christ who lives in me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. One day we're going to be like Christ. Let let me just take a moment to introduce you to Saul. Saul of Tarsus. Saul was a Jew, born to Jewish parents. He was a Pharisee. And he may may have even been a member of the Sanhedrin Council who were responsible for the death of Jesus and also responsible for the stoning of Deacon Stephen. And they were persecutors of the church. Saul was, he believed in Judaism, and Judaism is a belief in a transcendent God, one transcendent God who revealed himself to Abraham and to Moses and to the Hebrew prophets. So Saul believed in God, but he didn't believe that Jesus was God. That's sweeping all over the land these days, you all. People are praying to God, but they're not believing that Jesus is God. That's where we take our stand. It's no other God, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, fully God. We thank God. So Paul had a truth. He had a piece of the truth, a piece of the truth. A piece of the truth won't take you very far, you all. You need the whole truth. And we see that. We see that here in in, in, in Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 4. Saul is going to receive some truth. Let me read that for you. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest, and he asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly... A light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? When when we say in, in this scripture, when it said, if Saul were to find any of the people of the way, During this time period, the the Christians, the early believers were called people of the way because Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. And Saul, thinking that he was believing in God and following God, he he thought it his duty. He had a passion. The Bible said he had a zeal about himself, that he even wanted to persecute the ones that he thought were going the wrong way. He wanted to, to, to allow them to know that they were following the wrong God. He didn't believe in this Jesus. And now Jesus speaks to him when he was on his way to, to persecute the believers. Listen to verse number 5 and 6 of Acts chapter 9. And he said, who are you, Lord? Pastor Quigg and I was just saying he, he didn't even know the Lord. He didn't even know. So he says, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. 
He tells him, he's, he's, he, says, he says, Saul, you've been walking in a piece of the truth, and now I'm going to give you the whole truth. And let me tell you, the whole truth changed Saul's entire life. The truth of the word of God, the truth of God will and can change your entire life. That's what the word does. It's a living word. The living word comes in us and it changes us. So truth and hope change souls in life and truth and hope can change your life. Let me share with you this principle. If I live in the hope and the truth of Jesus, it will change my life. Just like Jesus had hope in Saul, he has a hope in you. And he has a hope for you and a future for you. Jesus wants you to walk in his truth, so his truth will lead the way. Opportunity. Opportunity is, is a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. Opportunity. Opportunity, a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. Opportunity meets truth in a person here. Opportunity meets truth, and God oftentimes uses opportunity. He often uses people. To bring opportunities. In Acts chapter 9, we see where God uses a person by the name of Ananias to bring truth to Saul, to bring hope to Saul. In Acts 9, 8 and 9, verses 8 and 9, Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Can you imagine Saul having this great experience on his way to persecute the, 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 the people of the way and he's blinded and Jesus speaks to him and, and now for three days he's waiting He's anticipating. He's got hope, wondering what Jesus is, is now going to do for him. And, and he's waiting. He eats nothing. He drinks nothing. And he's just waiting. And he's just waiting. He's praying. He's, I'd be praying too if this had happened to me, wouldn't you? If you were blinded and all of a sudden you hear this voice speaking to you and, and it's the same Jesus that, that you saw crucified and now he's alive, would not you be afraid? Would not you be anticipating what does he have next for me to do? This is Saul. This is Saul of Tarsus waiting to see what does Jesus have for him to do. Now, in 10 Acts 9, 10 through 19, we see Ananias come on the scene and opportunity meets truth in the person of Ananias. Now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. And behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. Ananias said, hold up, Lord. You talking about Saul of Tarsus? The one that just was responsible for killing Deacon Stephen? 
the one that's been persecuting my family and all the believers? He said, you, you, you got the wrong man, don't you, Lord? And it's like God said, we, we would say it today. We would say, boy, do what I say do. That's what, that's, that's what God told him. Boy, do what I said do. And so we see here, we see here that, that Ananias is struggling, struggling to obey. In verse 14, he says, uh, verse 13, but Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard about many things this man, from, about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, somebody say immediately. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. And taking food, he was strengthened. This is our amazing God doing amazing things. As Saul had been praying to the Lord, I, I guess asking him, Oh God, who are you? And Jesus, who are you? And what must I do? All of a sudden, Jesus is speaking to Ananias with Saul's answer, and he brings them together. Opportunity meets truth, and truth produces hope. Opportunity came in the person of Ananias. God uses Ananias as, an, as, as a vessel to minister to the needs of Saul, and now Saul is encouraged to follow the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so let me tell you this. This is amazing for Saul. He's, he's now, he, he, he now gets his physical sight back, but he also gets a spiritual insight. He gets a new spiritual walk with the Lord. Now he knows it's Jesus that he must be following. He gets the whole truth. That's what they say. You raise your right hand. You, you promise to speak the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Saul gets the whole truth. And now he has the opportunity to walk in because his life is changed, quick. His life is going to be changed completely. And let me tell you, change does not come without challenge. Change comes with challenge. My pretty girl over there, her, her name is Linda. Y'all say, nah, 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 nah. Because she challenged me several days ago to a 21-day challenge that I would change my diet so y'all wouldn't see all of this no more. You're laughing at me. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a sugar addict. I love cakes. She's an excellent baker. She's an excellent cook. Uh, that ought to get me dinner this evening. Excellent cook, excellent baker. Uh, I love her cakes. I love, I love her cookies. I, I, I love her pies. I, I love chocolate. I love ice cream. <laughs> I want some. But, but, but she challenged me to 21 days to change my diet. We, we're at about day number 10 now, but let me tell you, it has not come without a challenge. Change comes with a challenge. 
And challenge number one that we see with this situation with Saul and his life is now being, be, be, has right at the cuffs of being changed. Number one change was Ananias didn't want to obey God. He struggled with obeying God. He said, God, are you talking about this Saul of Tarsus? You want me to pray for him? You want me to lay my hands on him? Did you choose the right guy? Ananias is struggling to obey. Let me tell you, the greatest thing for us to do is obey God. In whatever season of our life, in whatever situation in our life, is to be obedient to the Lord. Some of us have been praying for loved ones and praying for friends for a long time, and that answer seemingly has not been given. Some of us have been praying for healing for our loved ones and sicknesses and, and things and deliverance even for our own selves. I prayed night and day for the longest time for God to deliver me from the drugs that I was in. And, and it seemed like it took the longest time for him to answer my prayer. But I kept obeying and saying, Lord, help me. I tell you, you need to obey regardless of the situation. Obey and believe God and don't doubt God to do the impossible because he's still the God of impossibles. He's still the God of possibility, and he can do anything but fail. Do you believe that? He says to Ananias, obey me. He says to us today, obey him. Obey him. And even in the storms, even in the midst of tragedy, he will come through. But change doesn't come without a challenge. Second challenge we see here in Scripture is that the disciples didn't even believe that Saul was a changed man. In Acts chapter 9, verses 26 through 28, and when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him. I would have been afraid of him too. They were all afraid of, they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. They didn't believe he was a changed man. Verse 27, but Barnabas took him, and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. 28 says this, so he went in and out among them at Jerusalem preaching boldly in the name of Jesus. This is where opportunity meets truth and truth to, gives hope to, to Saul. Opportunity meets truth in the person of Barnabas. And truth meets hope, and it gives it to Saul. Because Barnabas said, Saul, I believe in you. I believe in you, and I'm going to stand with you. There were folks that didn't believe in Saul, didn't believe that he had a change going on in his life. Sometimes that happens in our lives. When God is working on you to, to be able to do his will, you might need to change some friends. You might need to start doing some things that, that, that would make it evident that there's been a change in your life. And people often wonder, is he real? Is she real? They wondered, is Saul real? And Barnabas said, I'm standing with him because I believe in him. Barnabas' name translated uh, was to mean son of encouragement. Man, it's good when somebody whispers in your ear and said, I'm praying for you. I believe in you. I'm standing with you. It's good to have some good stuff coming in your ears these days, isn't it? Barnabas saying, I'm standing with you, Saul, no matter what it looks like. 
I'm standing with you, and we've got a Savior. Hallelujah. We've got a Savior that says he's standing with us even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of these, these last several months and going on over a year now that, that we've been going through. Jesus is saying, I'm standing with you. It's a God that says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'll never turn my back on you is what Jesus says. I'll never leave you abandoned. He says, I'll be your Jehovah Shalom. He says, I'll be your peace in the midst of the storm. He says, I'll be your Jehovah Jireh. I'll be your provider. He says, I'll be your Jehovah Nisi. I'll be the God that stands for you. I'm the God, your banner. I fight all your battles. This is the Jesus that says, I'll stand with you in the midst of the storm. Do you love him today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Barnabas became someone that says, I'm standing with you, Saul, but then he also becomes a mentor for Saul. Saul, on his very first missionary journey, had the presence of Barnabas to walk by his side and to minister with him to the people of God. So Barnabas didn't leave him. Barnabas stayed with him. Scripture said Barnabas stayed with him in his first missionary journey at Antioch for over a year where they ministered to the people of God. It's good to have Jesus standing with us, but it's good to have people of flesh standing with us today. Let me tell you, obey God, stand with him, walk with him. Change comes, but it oftentimes comes with a challenge. I want you to take some things away from this scripture today. I want you to see the hope in Jesus that we have and be fully committed to him. But I want you to see, I want you to take, as as that word I was telling you, that hope, being fully committed, I want you to be encouraged and fully committed to Jesus. That, that again, that, that definition for, for that hope was to, to anticipate with pleasure and to have a confident expectation, el peace, anticipate with pleasure, to have a confident expectation that Jesus is going to work through your life. Know that he does want to work through your life, but it's up to you to say yes. It's up to you to say, yes, I believe you, and, and, and I'm standing in this hope. I'm standing with, with an anticipated pleasure that no matter what I go through, God, you're going to be with me. I'm expecting you to be with me when I have to go to the hospital or, or when I have to pray for somebody. Or when, everywhere I go, I'm expecting you, God, to be with me. I want you to take that with you today. Take that hope. Take that El peace with you. Don't forget El peace. As a matter of fact, let me share with you some other scriptures that speak about the hope, the El peace of God. Hebrews chapter 10, 23 speaks about El peace this way. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope, the El peace, without wavering. Don't waver. Don't be with God on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then be somewhere else Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and then come up in the church. And, Lord, I'm here. El peace Make your decision to walk with him without wavering. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3, El peace, the hope. Blessed is the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again with a living hope. He calls it here a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. 
And then in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, listen to this. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he, Jesus, shall appear, we shall be like him, and we shall, be, we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope, this El peace in him, purifies himself, even as he is pure. Take the El peace with you today. Take the hope of Jesus with you today and be totally and fully committed to him. Will you lean into this hope? Will you lean in this, into this hope and let Jesus, as his word says, do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think in him because he will do it. Hope and be fully committed to him. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. Thank you for this word that you have given us today. And let this word rest on the hearts, minds, souls, and spirits of these, your people. God, let them be encouraged, inspired, and refreshed by your word. And let them have a hope in you. That's not just a hope, so help, but that's a hope that has an anticipated pleasure and a great confidence of your faithfulness to them. Bless them now. Keep them safe. Bless their going out and their coming in. Bless them and their families now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.